0: This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode,
1: Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The
0: Big Lebowski.
1: They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist.
0: Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. He shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, (laughs) Gutterball
1: like the 70th beep that we've beeped it's
0: a lot of at least yeah that's true at least least. i mean we've probably beeped a little more than there are episodes but we're at 70 for various reasons yes (laughs) well we also have the little special features and stuff too we've done that's what i first thought about and that was that's true that's the first thing and then there's also all kinds of other ugliness (laughs) (laughs) Ugly beeps out there. The ugly beeps across the universe. But here we are, 70. We're in the 70s. It is kind of crazy to think we're episode 70. We've done this 70 times. And it's only taken us over two years to get there. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Only another two years left for us to close out the movie. So, dear listener, rest assured
1: knowing that, you know until late 2016 you'll be well couched yep in our nonsense
0: you'll have something to listen
1: to something a lot of ugly beeps if nothing
0: else and even past 2016 perhaps we'll move into the, the phase 2 without a doubt which one's that the minute by minute of the podcast or oh, I'm not universe? sure what it is but there'll be a phase 2 there will be we'll a announce phase two. it We'll announce it
1: <laughs> you, you know, when it's
0: when we're good and ready.
1: A lot of ugly beeps out there reminds me of, I watched Melancholia. I just want to get it out of the way. Okay. Just right, let's do it, just yes. Because right right we've up.
0: talked about Von Trier and his portfolio in the past. Well, I've only seen one before this, obviously,
1: Antichrist. Oh, really? I've never seen anything else he's ever done.
0: You didn't see Breaking the Waves? No. Dancer in the Dark? No. None of that. Dogville? Hell no. You did see The Kingdom.
1: The Kingdom is Lars von Trier? Yep. Are you shitting me? No. Danish Scum? That's it.
0: The Kingdom. Really? Yep. Was that like... So that was TV, though. It It was. was. Well, that was like Europe's attempt... To do Twin Peaks or something. Right, right. Like, they okay, we, David Lynch in America, they did this thing. So let's get some uh, avant-garde, surreal filmmaker to make a television series. Now,
1: had he already had somewhat of a catalog or portfolio up to that point?
0: Or was he kind of an unknown? Oh, that's a good question. It's hard for me to, I believe he was known at that point because the thing the kingdom like
1: that wasn't upsetting in any way it was just baffling so the kingdom was 1994 through 97 he wrote one episode and what did he direct some of them too he might have... Well, it says
0: here... He directed that, eight episodes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I guess he... I guess I will take it back that this was actually before he was um, famous. Well... This was kind of before he really made his name. Like, Breaking the Waves was 96, which right. was kind of his big thing. And the whole Dogma 95 thing. What about Europa? Which was 95. That sounds familiar. does not it? Um, Isn't Europa...
1: I mean, I I feel like I've heard that.
0: Yeah, well, I know it as a moon. I see here, he did this Europe trilogy, which was I don't know. Wikipedia is unclear, but Europa was the final one in 90, 1991 released as Zentropa in the U.S. Where do these people find <clears throat> the all this time to make these movies? You got you, you got to decide what's important. Hmm. You know, I mean, Lars von Trier is, uh, he's somewhat, uh, he he has a lot of phobias, as I understand it. Really? So he mostly just stays inside his uh, house and plans movies. And then manages to, like, suck it up to go outside to film them. And that's about it. He, like, will not travel via airplane as i understand it he's like john madden he had to go by bus
1: to do commentating for all the football games wouldn't travel by plane
0: yeah so he doesn't leave europe i mean i'm not gonna say he's never done it i don't know but i know unless it's by boat um you know i wasn't prepared to really discuss von trier in such detail but i do remember reading he did do something where he uh one of his films, maybe it was Dancer in the Dark, because that was kind of popular here in the United States when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, he didn't come to, like, America for the premiere or any of the press or anything.
1: I mean, I don't blame him for that. I hate watching my own stuff. You know, same reason I don't listen to yeah. this shit. It's just well, brutal.
0: Yeah. Well, it might not even... It's just the fact that even if he didn't have to watch it, he just didn't do any of the press. He just didn't want... Because he didn't want to fly, in essence. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just a cop out. He just doesn't like to watch his own work in front of other people. Yeah, could be. I don't know, but he. But perhaps he's still like in uh, Sweden. He still goes to his own shows. Perhaps I don't know. Lars von Trier,
1: probably the most ambitious and visually distinctive filmmaker to emerge from Denmark since Carl Theodore Dreyer. <laughs> if I just had to venture, I guess. bulk of the series, dude. <laughs> bulk of the series. <laughs> bulk of Denmark's filmmaking series. That anybody would know or care about Lars von Trier.
0: Yeah. So Melancholia. It was pretty good. I thought I liked it a lot. It was very psychological. I mean, all this stuff is psychological, I guess. But like,
1: that's what I liked about Antichrist was the psychological element. I just didn't appreciate all the rest of the what seemed to me to be um gratuitousness. Right. I don't, without saying too much, the gratuitousness, sure. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. That just was like, I, I, I didn't, besides just being upsetting, I didn't see what the point was. But, um, I mean, you could write dissertations on what it means, but just as watching it, I, it's like, am I going to stare at a painting for two hours and try to deconstruct Everything. No, that's not why I watch movies. Maybe some people do. You know, I'm not going to like some art house in Prague and watching Andy Warhol's Empire for seven hours straight. You know, I don't, that's not appealing to me. I get it as an academic exercise, but that's not why I watch movies. Right. So I thought Melancholia had all of what I liked about Antichrist without any of the shit that I couldn't stand that made me so turned off. And with some extra shit like a sci-fi element sprinkled in to boot. Thought it was great. I loved it. I don't mind like it, you know the idea of impending doom on a global scale. That's fine. But when it gets so personal and intimate, right? That upsets me more, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I think there was something again the doom of the planet mixed with the, the doom inside uh, Kirsten the Kirsten Dunst's character
1: and uh, Kirsten is that what it is? I thought it was Kirsten 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 okay. Kirsten Dunst. I Kirsten. think yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, without a doubt. Yeah, I I very much uh, enjoyed the film. While well, maybe it didn't have the as many visceral moments of violence and that's more than just violence though in in antichrist i'm not sure what you call it right uh, it's more than just violence it's just the it's it's yeah it's um
1: again i don't know how much we should say if anybody cares but
0: yeah we'll just say, say i felt melancholia was actually more depressing really Because you really... He created, I think, in a way that I've never felt, like, the weight of the depression. Like, you know, so Melancholia is about a profoundly depressed woman, played by Kirsten Dunst, excellently by Kirsten Dunst. And you feel that blanket, like, over your own head throughout this, through it. Well, at least you eventually come to feel it, I feel. And... That's an achievement. That's a huge
1: achievement in a way. I don't know if I came to feel, I came to know it, and understand that that's what she was feeling and why. But I don't know if I felt her depression because there were enough other
0: characters around that weren't yeah. feeling it. I, I don't know if. I mean, I, I might not say that. While it was a um, like, I mean, maybe I didn't feel depressed myself, but I felt, but there was a physical sensation though. Definitely. Okay. I'll, that I felt I'll that it was that. like, I could feel her depression and the weight of that on me. If that makes any sense. That makes sense. I guess the difference is from
1: the be- very beginning of Antichrist, I was just in a pit because of the way that movie starts. And it yeah. just, it was just so deeply sorrowful. And in Melancholia, we didn't really have, we didn't know the reasons for why the depression was so deep until later on in the film. So Antichrist just hits you right away, and then you spend the rest of the movie trying to recover from that, and he won't let you. Whereas melancholy is more of a longer, sort of a slow reveal. And yeah, I don't, and which I don't mind. It doesn't, I don't know, it's not off putting to me the way antichrist was.
0: And I feel like in antichrist, or not antichrist, in uh, melancholia, there was just a lot of interesting elements to it, I think. Yeah. Like the whole way there was this impending doom but yet people still weren't able to really accept it or they're still just kind of like, well, there's always something. Yeah. That's just cr Right. And it's right. like, well, the whole planet's going to be destroyed. <laughs> it's like, well, that's just, people are just trying to cause trouble. The whole planet's always going to be dist- It's like men in black. You
1: know, there's always some cataclysmic global event. That's going to have global warming and volcanoes and meteors and asteroid, whatever. It's always something, these people. It was really well done. Suzanne Beer
0: is another Danish, Danish scum filmmaker. Suzanne Beer. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar with her work. Me too. I'm unfamiliar with her name. Maybe I know her work. I actually don't recognize any of these
1: Danish filmmakers. Oh,
0: she did the film Brothers. Okay. I've seen that. You have? Yep. Was it good? Um... It was good. I feel like they remade that into an uh, American film. Hmm. But I could be wrong on that. Let's see this. I'm going to have to look this up. Well... Brothers American version, because I really want to know now. Well, let me just
1: say that Des Hamilton did the casting, and he or she doesn't do shit, so... You know, production, yeah, it, production design by Vigo Benson. Come on. You know, you're in for a real visual treat when that person is involved. Yeah, this is the same for others. Yep, they remade it in 09. They're always doing that. It's like um, oh. Girl with a Dragon Tattoo.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is a little different because they're both based on a hugely popular book. Right, but it's like one year later, they're remaking it. <laughs> right. Well, they're just like, let's remake it. And okay, I'm going to say something really controversial. I like the American version better in a lot of ways. Really? That is controversial. I know. I know. I, I love to bring the controversy. What about it was better to you? It was just, it was better. It was more, it was just. It looked cooler? It looked cooler. It was, and it did have, I think, a more visceral... You're all about the viscera. I am. It had a more visceral feel to it. I felt um the I don't know, it had that uh, you know, that Fincher feel that I think I think really suited the movie that the the whatever country the original one was from. What was that? I don't want to say Sweden. Was it Sweden? Mm-hmm. Was it Sweden? Yeah, yeah, the Swedish version just didn't uh
1: hmm.
0: So it you're saying capture is th- hard. Granted, the fact that they never made the second and third one. I mean, I am really a fan of the whole trilogy, the Swedish trilogy. And I think I only saw the first
1: one of the Swedish ones. I think.
0: Yeah. I read the books though. If That counts for anything. Oh, that counts for a lot. It's a lot more than I can say or can claim to have ever
1: read. Yeah. That's probably more than you've read in the last 12 years.
0: Probably. Probably.
1: Not counting a computer screen that wasn't a book on a yeah. computer screen.
0: Well, I don't read books on computer screen. I read like Tumblrs. Right. Right. I mean, it's still reading, I guess. It's, it's reading in the sense that I'm looking at letters, but it's not uh, reading in the sense that there's like a long, cohesive narrative or thought process involved. Right. Tommy McGuire, Jake Gillenhall, and Natalie Portman. Uh Spider-Man that, six. That was the uh, brothers oh nine American version. That was the cast. That seems really fitting somehow. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just put up Maguire and uh and a a Gill or Gyllenhaal uh, in there. Yeah. And Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Gyllen. Right. I always say Gillen Hall, but you're right, it's Gyllenhaal. It's like Jif Gillenhall. Hall. Right. Jif. But then there's Maggie. Giraffical. Maggie Gillenhall. But because with the hard G and Maggie, you want to say Maggie Gillenhall. G- so I don't know what to go there. Giraffical image format.
1: What's Maggie Gillenhall done lately? What has she done for me lately? Not a whole hell of a lot. I got to tell you. She was awesome in. Um, what the fuck was it? Oh. Uh, I didn't like her in the Dark Knight necessarily. She's okay. She was good in. Donnie Darko. Was she in that? That was a
0: long time ago. She played uh, the titular character's sister. Ah, Elizabeth. Real, real life, real life brother and sister playing on screen brother and sister. Weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You know what she was good
1: in? I had to look through IMDb. Happy Endings. Happy
0: Endings. Which one was that now? Oh, my God. I never saw it. I'm just kidding.
1: Lisa Kudrow, Steve Coogan. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. We use multiple stories to create a witty look at love, family, and the sheer unpredictability of life itself. I guess it's got her ass with a towel on it. I never saw that. All right. We're... We're way off base now. Stranger than fiction. Sorry, that's what it was. She's great in that. Will Farrell. He's... Uh, oh, that movie. Yeah, he's caught in the... Uh, he's the I'm, character in that writer's book. Yeah, I never saw that movie. Oh, you are missing out, I my always friend. wanted to. Oh. Oh, you need to. I always to. wanted to. Oh, it's a great. It's great. You gotta see that. Yeah. She's awesome in that.
0: I think Maggie Gyllenhaal will always be uh, from the movie secretary to me secretary secretary what is that oh you never saw that that no. that was a uh it's kind of a i don't know maybe a, I don't know, a cult classic maybe i'm not sure it's kind of this bdsm love story it was a big deal when it came out did you say B- bdsm like beads yeah. Like it it bondage, features B, Oh, you love your bondage. Sadomasochism or something. B, I'm not sure. Bondage BD. Or bondage. Or what, what? BD? So I don't know. Maybe anyway, the BD. I'm is not sure what it stands just for. Just the
1: bondage. They just use bondage two and discipline, from. maybe? Sadoma- yeah, you love that shit. It's really weird. So. You're really into the self
0: mutilation and the bondage. I guess uh, when you. Put it all together, you know, uh, Antichrist, Secretary, although, yeah. Oh, shit. So, well, The Big Lebowski, how about that movie? Yeah, I've seen it's it. Pr- it's a pretty good one. It's all right. I no, mean, I'm not, I've never watched it all the way through. No, it's not
1: even my favorite Coen Brothers movie, so I guess... Um,
0: I saw... Speaking of not watching it all the way through, I saw these pretty brilliant videos on YouTube today where this guy watches these movies with his mom and then asks his mom to like describe what had just happened. And then he so he then records it and then kind of like animates what she's talking See, about. I love that. I love that stuff. So they watch like Inception and he's like, OK, mom, well, tell me about the movie. Right. And it's <laughs> and then just, they did the same thing with the Matrix so It's pretty good 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 shit look i love up. that i love that stuff
1: well let's put a link to it in the show notes shall yeah, we we'll, we'll, we'll try to do that if we can remember. we'll try to do that here all right it. it's a <laughs> lot of
0: effort to google up these youtube videos and then <laughs> copy and paste copy and paste them
1: i'm gonna do my best here mom watching movies <laughs> <laughs> tries to explain there i did it that's good enough you'll know what that means maybe What about the giraffical image format, though? Are we ever going to... Let's both say the right way to say that. Okay. On the count of three. Well, I'm not sure what the right way is. I'm only
0: going to say my way.
1: So we'll go one, two, three, and then say it. All right. All right. Ready? Ready. One, two, Two, three.
0: three. GIF.
1: GIF. Thank you. There we are. Come on. We
0: are solidarity among the GIF. Right. Hate that. But you said
1: Gyllenhaal, and it is Gyllenhaal, so there's some confusion there, you know, because that's a G. I think it could be like a hard G, should be a hard G, Gyllenhaal, if you'd never seen it or heard it before. But it's Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Right? Isn't it Gyllenhaal? Jake, I, th- I Jake believe Gyllenhaal? it's Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenha- Although, uh, just like with GIF,
0: I almost never say Gyllenhaal, but I believe that is what I've heard most people say. But you, but you do say GIF, but I do say GIF, and I say gillenhall so I'm consistent in that okay. regard. Well, even though in one case GIF is correct and Gyllenhaal is not, or Hall right. is not, because GIF, I don't care what that turd says. GIF is correct. GIF is just the way it is.
1: It just is the way it is. You can't have it any other way. You can't go back in time
0: and like, you know, make Greedo shoot fucking first in this case. I don't know. One day someone might amass enough power to do that. Maybe. Probably Elon Musk. Greedo shooting first.
1: Eh.
0: So what are the odds that in Star Wars Episode 7 they'll reference that? Like Han Solo will be regaling the youngsters with his tales of his young swashbuckling, and he'll be like... There'll be some debate about whether or not Greedo shot first. Like i will be like, "No way, I shot first," and Luke will be like, "No, Greedo, blah. you mm-hmm. always say that." I don't know. I just popped into my mind It's something they could do that would be fucking horrible. It could or be maybe horrible, not. but it actually might be able to pull it off. The way but. you just described it, that could actually be
1: funny. When you first mentioned it, I said that's fucking horrible. But then you started to describe how it might go down. And I think if done right, that could be funny.
0: It would be funny. Like, you're there, you're excited to see it, you're on the Star Wars, you're on opening night, everyone in the theater erupts with laughter, the delivery's on. Yeah, it can work. It could work. But I think that, you know, what are the odds?
1: I think the odds are pretty slim. I think J.J.'s going to steer away from that kind of shit. I don't
0: think he's going to do that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He likes to inject the humor just like uh Well sure,
1: but you don't have to
0: be you know Yeah, you don't have to be that self referential. Correct. You were gonna yeah, say especially like Especially in Star Wars. You're
1: gonna say he likes to inject the humor like Well
0: like, like, like the that's just the the style nowadays. I self, mean self-referential. JW should. definitely does that a ton.
1: Well, sure he does, but that's where I think that's the line between those two filmmakers. It's, you know, it's it's your dislike of Harry Potter and the whimsicalness. I feel like there's a there's a whimsicality to JW's stuff that JJ doesn't have. He's got the humor. He could uh-huh. be a little silly, but it doesn't have the um that whimsy.
0: I, I can understand that. I can respect that. I mean it works for me, but I can respect, especially with your Harry Potter analogy, how it might not work for everybody.
1: And don't get me wrong, I like some of his stuff. I'm not some JW hater but mm-hmm. I just there is that element it's because you made that connection to Harry Potter that like oh that's how I know what you mean by the uh, the whimsy of Harry Potter disturbing like just putting you off a little bit like okay because that's what's going on like Avengers come on that's fantastic I don't mind anything about that movie that's great wonderful even but just Like, Serenity. Sorry, can't do it. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Now I'm really pissed.
0: Can't do it. Can't do it. Don't like it. I I can respect that. I mean, I deeply love both of those things, but I can can respect that you do not like them. I can understand and respect that. Yeah, Buffy. I don't feel the need to convert you. Correct. I don't feel the
1: need to convert you about uh, sticks, you know? Sticks did the converting by themselves. Give it enough time. Yeah. And you I was, will love Big done. Brother.
0: It's done. That I put <laughs> pot today. I dialed them up on Spotify while I was at work. I just needed a little uh a little sticks break. If you were telling the truth, that would really make my fortnight. You know, sometimes, especially at work when the stress, I just kinda get a little stressed out. I go out the front door of my office, stand Too on the street there. my hands. I look up at the, the sky and I'm like, you know, that's the same sky. Somewhere JY is looking at the same sky that I am. <laughs> and it just kind of makes me feel like, all right, you know, things will be okay. I can get through this. Somewhere
1: out there, JY is patting his own butt in time with <laughs> the glorious, competent drum work of John Panazzo in the sky you want to get it you want to do this i mean jesus
0: let's do this this is actually you know we wasted all this fucking time with this horrible shit man <laughs> horrible but this is actually such an amazing okay minute we might just have to cut out everything before this just so we'll just start we can get to it this will go, go just... away we'll start with the minute let's just
1: play it now yeah do it go our fucking troubles are over dude <laughs>
0: Fuck me, man. That kid's already spent all the money, man. You Knew that? Hardly, dude. I'd say he still has 960 dollars $970,000 left, depending on the options. Wait in the car, Donnie. Yes? Pilar? My name is Walter Sobchak. This is my associate, Jeffrey Lebowski. Um, we came to talk about little Larry. May we come in? Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's him, dude.
1: I mean, I guess, what? The Iron Lung. Right. Just to go way back, I thought that for a brief period, you know, this is back in, like, episode, like, in the 20s or something, we were still looking for the second gut punch you were holding out. You were using information as currency. As I, as I tend to as do. As you tend to do. And for a fleeting moment, I thought that maybe, just maybe, the iron lung shot <laughs> was the second gut punch.
0: Well, I think at that point, after the second gun punch, there's just so many gut punches. It's just a non-ending barrage of gut punches. <laughs> like, at no point is there not... A part of this film making contact with my gut (laughs) That it no longer qualifies as a punch It's more like a gut massage A gut, a hardcore heavy Pressure massage
1: Yeah, hardcore though It's not like massage has a gentle
0: overtones to it It's nothing
1: gentle It's like uh, like, uh, like
0: uh, meat tenderizing or something
1: Right. Did, did, did or like Jesus? pounding bread dough You know you're punching yeah. it down It puffs up and you punch it down a little bit Did I what?
0: Well, I was going to say I, I don't even remember what I was going to say exactly I was going to end that sentence But it, <laughs> it, think about Just think about though everything we've seen Over the last Minutes here He The, the Nihilist come into his house With the marmot mm. He goes to pick up his car and the guy's laughing about the crime lab. He sees the stranger in the bar. Well, he gets in a tiff with Donnie and Walter, who
1: goes storming off. Right. Too. Right.
0: He sees the stranger in the bar. The stranger shows up. There's Then the next scene, he's in Maude. Then all of a sudden, he's at Maude's house with this uh, giggling Video dude. artist. Oh, the video artist. <laughs> then uh, we're at... Um, Marty's performance, his dance cycle. And now we're here, and there's a guy in an iron lung. Like, each scene... Like, that's why this movie, I think, can hold your attention no matter how many times you watch it, because it's just this never-ending barrage of insanity. It's difficult to process. That's difficult to process, which is why you can watch it again and again in an attempt to process it. But, I mean, really... You know a lot of times I think of the movie like Oh when it starts out like oh it's so Crazy and zany there But really we're in the thick of it here Like it's non-stop yeah. Mayhem Mayhem is perhaps the word for it <laughs> Mayhem is perhaps the word Madcap mayhem One after another rapid fire Like any one of these scenes Could be a classic Humorous like, a memorable like drama scene. drama slash humorous
1: scene. Yeah, it would be like if you had a movie and any one of these scenes was in it, you'd feel pretty proud of yourself.
0: It would be like, this movie is great. I love the part where he goes and there's a guy in an iron lung. But this is like just nonstop. Each scene after, one scene after the other. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> What's the next crazy thing we could think of? Here's this next scene. Bam. I think
1: that's what this movie is. What's the next crazy thing we could think of? Let's do that. Once again, plot is secondary. Not even secondary. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Doesn't matter. It's just mayhem is perhaps the word for it, I think, is what you said. hmm hmm yeah. A never-ending parade of gut punches, you also said. That's yes. what's happening, and it, it is beautiful. We keep watching it. How many times are we going to have seen this movie by the time we get finished with
0: this? Well, just one more time. It's just taken us two years to get through it the whole way. But I mean, well, so we're already going in here. It's already bizarre. They're going to brace some kid. He already bought a vet. Walter's
1: all stoked
0: up about it, too. Yeah. He's all happy. Pilar lets them in. We can get to that later about that. But then it's like, okay, Arthur Digby Sellers. He wrote branded. Yeah. That's not weird enough. they're, They're there. That's him. And there he is in the iron lung. But why is he in the fucking iron lung? Why? Well, it's apparently, you know, I would assume some sort of medical necessity for him. But <laughs> filmically, why? Why? Just because I think just because it's zany. I mean, that shot of him in the iron lung is great. This house, this this house, this set is just Outstanding. I
1: mean, we just went from Marty's cycle, this dance quintet, and they don't introduce it. They don't set it up. You're just all of a sudden there looking at this guy dance around to that Roma Kuglowski music. And then you're here looking at a man in an iron lung. I'd never seen an iron lung before I saw this movie. Is that really an iron lung? Is that what that That is an like?
0: iron lung. So I feel like I've seen I've seen Iron Lungs in person, not in person. There's another movie that features an Iron Lung like Discovery Channel. I I cannot place it because see how he has that mirror up there so he can see what's going on around him because he's stuck just laying flat like that. So if someone's, you know, the only way he can like see around the room is with that mirror. What? I see, I mean, I see a bunch of
1: crap up above him. One of those things is a mirror.
0: There's like a mirror pointed down directly at his face, kind of, but it's tilted slightly.
1: So what does the iron lung do? I mean, I guess it helps you breathe somehow, right?
0: It's like negative air pressure. So it like kind of, so in essence, it breathes for you by just kind of like. Like it's inflating and deflating your lungs for you? More or less. But your head is not inside it. Right. It's, it's making your, your, your whole body cavity kind of like do what it needs to do by like taking the air pressure in and out. So his whole body's in that tube and the air pressure in there is like it's like getting like negative, positive, negative, positive. That's in essence forcing him to breathe. Like why wouldn't you just put a like an oxygen mask on? Because you can't breathe like you, you don't have the muscle capability of actually even breathing that oxygen in. Oh, I see. But even if it's forcing it down your... Yeah, I don't think it's enough. Huh. I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't say per se. But I will say my first exposure to an iron lung. Your first one. All right. I do remember this. Weird Al Yankovic, on his first album, his eponymous first album, Weird Al Yankovic, features such hits as Ricky, the... I love Lucy themed parody of Mickey it features. I love Rocky road, the ice cream themed parody of I love rock and roll. Okay. Among many others. Mm-hmm. However, it does have a song. The last song on the album is a, even for, <laughs> I'll say even for weird how this was a gag song, right? Called Mr. Frump and his iron lung. And he would sing this song about, oh, Mr. Frump and his iron line. Even I for Weird Al, it was a gag song. Because here was the gag. You know, he would talk about how he sees Mr. Frump and likes him so much and would ask him about his life. And then this is what Mr. Frump would say. And then because, again, Weird Al is all accordion based. He would, so, again, I don't know if you ever played an accordion. <laughs> but, you know, you can. It's
1: been uh, like six months.
0: Yeah, so, you know, he would press in the, the the button there that would let the air out, and you can just kind of, like, with the bellows, move it in and out, and it kind of made that iron lung sound, like. It didn't so, make any, like, music noise, like a note? No, because you can actually press a button just to kind of deflate it or inflate oh, it. Oh, not a key, like a Well, a on button, one side you have a, keys, okay. on the other side you have those buttons. Okay. Like, an accordion is a f- crazy instrument, man. My See, dad played accordion.
1: That does not surprise me in the so least. I bit.
0: know some accordion stuff. I um, just got very frightened. I figured out how to play like the grunge hits of the 90s on his accordion <laughs> in high school. And I, I, kid, I kid you not. <laughs> 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 Please continue. So anyway, Weird Al had this song, Mr. Frump and his iron. Man. <laughs> <You got laughs> <it. Yep. laughs> do
1: accordions go do to do? I don't
0: know. They kind of do. Well, I again, right? Because in on the one hand you had this crazy bank of little black buttons, which to me was the craziest thing in the world. And then you had the other hand The other hand was kind of like a keyboard But you could do like rhythm on one hand And then you generally do the melody on the keyboard So even with Smells Like Teen Spirit You could do that, right? You could do like the kind of bass line boo boop, boo 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 boop, 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 boop And a little like ding, ding You could do that up on the other one Actually, I think I got to the point where I do a little vocal part On the keyboard anyway Jesus <laughs> I had a sick high school experience <laughs> <laughs> I was really popular, could you tell? so they did um we did uh and anyway, we al had that accordion song, the gag he made the accordion make the iron long song <coughs> and on the cover of the album was kind of like this mural, like it showed kind of like Al in his bedroom, like, it was a drawing of him, like, with his accordion, but then all around him was all this crazy stuff that kind of stretched on forever, but it was all, like, they kind of, like, drew the lyrics from all the songs, like, kind of come to life in one big, giant, kind of Where's Waldo-esque sea of stuff. A melange of weird al verbosity. But in the corner there, very large, was something that looked just like this, a guy in an iron lung. It looked just like this.
1: And, hmm.
0: and that's where my first exposure to like, and I think, I think as a child, cause I was probably in like third grade listening to this album. I don't think at first I understood what that was, but at some point I put it together that that was the iron lung. Hmm. So that was my first exposure to an iron lung. So what is the difference between an iron lung and an aqua lung? I think an aqua lung is just um, has a lot of flute solos, maybe. I'm not even sure. (laughs) Do I have that right? And a lot of railing against organized religion.
1: But you remember aqua lung who used to wander around State College. I don't know if he's still there, but he was carrying like the tube of oxygen on a little cart okay. a little dolly and it was connected up to his nose and but that's
0: that's a di- well i'm i don't know as i'm looking here at aqualung it seems like it's just kind of like a scuba equipment yeah but it, I, I don't think it has a facial covering does it it's referred to as a diving regulator or demand valve mm. so i think maybe this guy had oxygen and maybe just like in ingest, hopefully not too with too much malice, was perhaps just given the moniker Aqualung. Well, yeah, he just actually looked like the cover of the Jethro Tull album. I
1: think the oxygen was aside. Really had nothing, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess there was some malice there. Playful malice, Uh, but malice nonetheless. Oh my goodness. Now, if you were to pick up a an accordion right now right do you think you'd be able to recapture some of that magic some of that high school magic i
0: doubt it get your like how brad got his groove back right now as i think about it i put my hands in front of me to try to move it the only thing yeah i don't think i could do anything the thing i can Hmm. maybe come closest to is um remember the band helmet yes they had a song whose name is escaping me right now. It's probably the only song I know of them. It's not in the meantime, but it was from that. Yeah, this would be the one you would know, I think. Biscuits for Smut? No, not that. It might be... See, I Eye It might be the song Unsung, although I'm not sure how that goes. I'm just looking on it at YouTube right now. Anyway, I might be able to do a little bit of that one, but I don't even think I could do that. Mm. Yeah, it was that one, unsung Hey, this is pretty good, man I haven't listened to this since, like, 93, probably Well, we'll have to put a link to it I still got a place A place in my heart for this Back when, like, rockers dressed like uh, I don't know Johnny Depp in Edward Scissorhands No, no, they didn't dress like that That was before that, right? This was like They just dressed like uh, I don't know what Guys you'd see
1: at the Stroud Mall
0: yeah kind (laughs) of like here I'm wearing a striped polo shirt and cargo shorts (laughs) right Right. yeah it was a magic time for rock and roll fashion I kind of badass it It was so badass that like they didn't have to be badass you know what I mean right yeah it's like Metallica
1: they didn't look that badass they're wearing like dad jeans Metallica
0: well come on they work hard they work hard man Oh, I'll tell you what. Master of Puppets. Haven't we not talked about this? No. Master of Puppets. One of the best. Still one of the best albums. Sure. For my money. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, everything after the Black Album is kind of uh, a combination of nothing I would be interested in or nothing that I know about since I decided I wasn't interested in. Mm. Although they surprised everyone with the Death Magnetic. And I kind of like that one only sometimes. I can look past some of its shininess. You don't like... See, I like the shininess. You don't like
1: the shininess? <laughs> I love that. I prefer hi-fi to lo-fi. I prefer an immaculately produced album.
0: I don't or... think what I'm... man, yeah, maybe. I don't think I'm talking about the fidelity. I'm talking about the... Yeah, I don't know what it is.
1: It's, you know, doing a 10 second long guitar riff 50 times in the studio to get it just right. I think it's instead of like just letting it fucking hang loose, just like letting it out, just tearing at it. And who cares if it's not exactly perfect? I think that's like over processing somehow. Well, that maybe they're compressing the fucking life out of everything.
0: I don't yeah. know. Like, in that Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster. I, I know have they've not had seen like, it. I'm sorry. They've had multiple documentaries now at this point in their they, stage. they got to make money. But uh, Some Kind of Monster, I mean, which I think was a rather unflattering look at them in a lot of ways. Um, but, I mean, I think watching them in the studio, it really, it was like, yeah, we kind of like do a couple riffs and then like dick around with it in pro tools for six days until we turn it into a song
1: that's the only way i make music pretty much so i, I can't fault them for it
0: i'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that like it just in all cases it it's just you. not metallica to me or at least not how i want to envision them but again they're selling an illusion i saw how the sausage was made I shouldn't have done it. (laughs) All that stuff. But at the same time, again, since the black album, I've had no interest in them. Mm. Load. Come on. Come on. What about reload? (laughs) (laughs) No good. No good.
1: Hmm.
0: So lifestyle determines my death style, Adam. I'll just leave it at that.
1: That's deep, man. It's fucking heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future?
0: Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull?
1: Now, Shane O asked us on Twitter. (laughs) I feel like we talked about this, but, hey, how come it's daylight when the dude is coming back from Maud's loft for the first time? He must have spent the night. And I think we've discussed this sort of slippery, like this temporal slipperiness. Yes. That not just this movie does, but most movies do. Like, they have a way of time jumping. You don't really notice it unless you're paying attention, but... Well... It's like when you cut from scene to scene, it's like all the rules of space and time go out the window. Like, a week could have passed, for all we know. We know it hasn't because he's coming back in the limo from her apartment, but it's like... You you accept this as a convention that films use. And we... It has relevance to this scene because they're at... We talked about, like, does this time frame make sense where they're at Marty's performance Tuesday night? My performance is Tuesday night. They're there, and then they drive fucking through L.A. and up into Hollywood to arrive at some 15-year-old kid's house, and how is that an acceptable time to be there? It's pitch black. It must be 11 o'clock at night.
0: Well, if it's in the late September... Gets dark pretty early. Yeah. yeah maybe not that early yeah, in late not September, that early. I guess. Not that early. I'm saying more like where we are kind of now, but now we're like October, November. Right. So.
1: But it could be October. We did discuss that. We, we're not exactly sure. <clears throat> this, this could be early yeah. October.
0: Yeah. But in terms of Shane O's uh, question about, you know, did the dude must have spent the night I mean, I think we, we addressed this, and I think I'm definitely a proponent of the theory that he got to mods pretty late. And by the time he talked to her, got, got a limo, everything else, he's coming back. It's, it's sunrise. Yeah. Like, it's, the, it's, the, it's early morning, you know, maybe just after sunrise when he's in that limo.
1: Cause she's up at like three o'clock in
0: the morning. Doesn't yeah, really doing matter. her her art. That's when that's when you do it. That's when the, you're firing all cylinders for that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, the problem is the beat. That's cops. That's when I do all
0: my painting. Well, that's a good point. But it, the beat cops being there, kind of. That's the one thing that kind of throws it off. But again, it's the oh. same time that he uh, he goes to to brands to get the. Well, no, it doesn't go to Browns to get the cell phone. But, you know, they get the call. He picks up Walter. They do the drop. They go bowling. The car is missing. He walks home. The cops show up. Then he gets the call to say go to Maude. And granted, it's been dark through all of this. It's a long day. It's a long it's a long night. And you're right. The one thing that does give me pause is, you know, like because it could easily be after midnight or or later at the point where he's talking to those cops. Mm-hmm. So is it, I mean, did these cops just make a really late night call for this somewhat, uh, you know, I don't know, routine or insignificant transgression? Well, maybe
1: they were over at the Ralphs for like somebody passed a bad check or something.
0: Yeah. And no, they were in the neighborhood. It all makes sense. Granted, somewhat insignificant since it was for like, Seventy cents or whatever, but... Sixty-nine cents. Sixty-nine cents.
1: Yeah. The sexiest of the cents. Well, 69 was our previous episode. It was the sexiest of our episodes. So... It's a GD miracle, Brad, that no headlights on the front of his car were broken after smashing into that dumpster. The one is askance. He didn't smash any of them. Because you're not going to sit there and tell me he replaced any of these headlights.
0: None of them no, broke after not. smashing into a dumpster? Well, the uh, the bumper took... That's why you have it there. The bumper took most of the brunt. Took the brunt, and now he's got a bungee cord it closed. Yes, the bungee cord, the, the, the bumper... Because it's, I guess, still attached, maybe, on one side. So just to keep it from dragging down, he has... Well, and these aren't bungee cords. What are they? They're these rubber straps. Oh, those things. They're those Those t- things, okay. which when I looked and saw these rubber straps... I don't know. Again, okay. I'm going back to my youth again with this. Like that's something I associate. I don't know. Cause that's well, That was just a regular thing, you know, around my house growing up, right? Oh, you need to attach something. Or, I got like ten or, of them out in my shed right now. Yeah. Like if, if you were to see, I see. I haven't seen them. I think since I was a lot younger. And I'm wondering, did they did bungee cords just replace these? No. Like we did not no, have bungee no, cord no. technology in the 80s and early 90s but instead we had these these rubber straps these rubber the straps we had these rubber
1: straps are way better because the tension you cannot get the tension out of a bungee cord that you can out of these rubber straps rubber straps are better bungee cords might be they're they're more user friendly i'll say that because you mm-hmm. can really hurt yourself with one of these rubber straps if you're like, like stretching it, trying to get it over, them, uh, the hook is right there and I've almost got it, uh, and it like releases and snaps back, well, you're going to snap your eye out, kid. A bungee cord, it's a gentler
0: form of right constraint. It's just going to like kind of scratch your cornea.
1: Yeah, or give you a little cut on your forehead or something. You know, everything's sort of covered in in cloth and little rubberized things, but this rubber is so taut and it's just a jagged not jagged but a, a piece of metal the hook is just a piece of metal wow so yeah. th- it's just a man's constraint
0: is it a um i wonder i mean is it a or thing an where it's constraint one or the other where you know this was the preferred way of strapping things back in the 80s and 90s then with bungee cord it's like well hey For 90% of what we're just trying to strap down, it doesn't necessitate a rubber strap. This bungee cord is cheaper, easier to use. It's kind of like vinyl versus MP3, right? There's still cases where you're like, yeah, I need the the go rubber strap. Or maybe I'm just a purist. I don't believe in these modern synthetics. I like my synthetics from the early 20th century, late 19th century. I'm going to stay with rubber. I just think the rubber strap
1: is heavy duty. So it can work for the light duty and the heavy duty. Right. And oh, the for sure. and the bungees can only work for the light to medium duty. So if you're gonna have one or the other, the dude's not gonna invest in, you know, a shit ton of oh, various sure. straps. He's gonna he's only got the means for one type of strap, so mm-hmm. just go with the one that can serve all purposes. Even if it means like all he's doing is, I don't even know, like put, putting the paper towel package in the back seat of his car, like just securing that so it doesn't go rolling around, or like, you know, his bottle of Kahlua in the back seat mm-hmm. as he comes home from the liquor store. Well, you could use, you know, a little piece of string or a piece of twine, but the rubber strap will also work for that.
0: Did bungee i mean am i i could just be way off right like did was bungee cord being commercially available for this type of thing right did that even exist in 19 in in this time frame Hmm. i don't know i mean I, i just don't
1: know you know i it feels like they've been around forever but
0: i don't know i mean according to wikipedia well, they're also known as a shock cord. <laughs> they were they were in use to provide lightweight suspension for aircraft undercarriages from before World War I. Lightweight
1: suspension from underneath
0: air. But I mean I think feel like that's not quite the same thing as the, you know, no. The like bl- little ones with the metal hooks, right? Like right. so technically the idea of an elastic cord you know, interwoven a bunch of elastic cords together to make this core and then cover that in some kind of sheath like that might have existed back then. But in the sense of like, oh, yeah, let me go to the hardware store and buy a bucket of these things rather inexpensively. And you get like 30 of them, you know, five of them in each individual size yeah, I don't. That's like, like it seems like a new thing to me. When I say new, I mean maybe in the last fifteen to twenty years. I don't like the twenty-five years.
1: I don't know. When you said the word sheath, like a thing, and then had a sheath around it, I don't. I don't like that concept, the word or the concept. But 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 would you say that it's inaccurate though? It's not inaccurate. It's perfectly accurate. Um. I just say it because we had gerbils growing up. Did you ever have gerbils? No. These these assholes are so fucking clever. We had them in a terrarium. Beautiful. Out there they are. Somehow, they it, it's glass, Brad. They would get out. There's a lid on that shit. How do they get out? And now you got a gerbil running around your bedroom at night. One of my I'm like, ten. And now there's a gerbil running around my room? They're like a mouse. They're half mouse, half rat, you know? They're not great. I don't know why we had them. They smelled disgusting. And it got out. It's the middle of the night. I'd got to turn the light on. This gerbil's running around the room. It's like, now I got to catch it? Running around, running around. It's like, they might bite you if you pick them up. They're not really that friendly. You could kind of hold them, but if they got pissed, mm-hmm. they'd just bite you, you know? They're just they're kind of an stupid. It's just an animal. Not even a domesticated animal, really. It's just an animal. It's a rodent. It's like, it's running around. I'm dancing around the room trying to get it. And like, I finally go to grab it. I didn't quite get it. I just got its tail. And then... Then the sheath came off.
0: Brad. The tail sheath.
1: The t- half the tail sheath came off in my hand and then bruh, drooped down. And I saw it scamper away with its spine... It's spinal cord, exposed spinal cord, like three inches of its tail, like taking your sock off. Right. And there's its spinal cord now. And I was like, oh, dear, sweet Jesus.
0: (laughs) He just sacrificed that in order to get away from you. Well, I don't think it was on purpose. You know, it's not like like a chameleon tail. Yeah, it just came off. The sheath isn't just supposed to come off.
1: Oh, it just came on, and then I'm holding, you know, the two or three inch long, like, tail sock in my hand. Ah! Then we had to catch it, and my dad came in, and it's like, oh no, oh, his spine is exposed now. (laughs) So, I got the cutting board. No. No. And the cleaver. No. It's like, well we can't have this hanging out there, so we gotta we gotta cut it off <laughs> Flap! Oops half an inch in too far. Okay, flap hit it again Okay, okay. now you got half a tail, uh put some alcohol on all right, there. He was okay. He had half a tail for the rest of his time. But any time you mention the word sheath, I think about removing the the tail sock sheath of that gerbil and then my dad having to cleaver off the exposed bloody spine of his tail. Cause what are you going to, you couldn't, I thought about, can't we like slide it back on?
0: It's like, just let it heal. I mean, it's not going to heal. I don't understand what came I mean, like it's, it's like a tube. It's, I mean, it's literally like a sock and inside the sock
1: is a spine like a spinal cord of a tail. But there's
0: like muscles and flesh in there. It's not just a, like a wrinkly sheath, a dry sheath, is it? It sure fucking seemed like it. And it was just this
1: tiny little spindly bone just sticking out of his, his tail area. And you couldn't like put the fur and shit back onto the well, bone. Of course you
0: can't put it back on. Well, just like as if, you know, like a, a huge bunch of like, like, say ripped off a big portion of like skin and meat off my arm or hand. It wouldn't be like, well, just chop it off. You'd be like, well, let's l- let it grow back. It was it was as
1: if you had taken all of it off and there were just bones, just, just bones. the bones. Yeah, like it's not going to regrow. Right all the muscle and the tendons and the ligaments. There
0: was literally there's a there's a skeleton there.
1: It was a skeleton. Yes. Yeah.
0: It was hideous. Um. It was as if all the muscle
1: and stuff was in the like the tail section that I was holding the tail sock that I was holding in my hand. That's why I don't like the word sheath. Okay. Cuz every I, time right. I think about that it's very upsetting. I'll go with that. But you know what? It healed, it closed off, and then that stupid thing lived a very long time with half a tail. Didn't seem to bother him that much. (laughs) Where were we? Let's move on now. Didn't expect to get into that.
0: (laughs) We've had accordions. It's just like the Big Lebowski. It's a never-ending gut (laughs) pummeling. Not exactly
1: a massage, but yeah, one tail light is a scant. Not exactly a massage. <laughs> um, okay. They pull up. I, this is adorable and hilarious when they pull up and they're looking at the new vet. He's already spent all the money. First of all, what world does the dude live in where a Corvette costs a million dollars?
0: Well, I don't think he's thinking that the Corvette was all the money as much as he's just thinking like this kid's, this is just the first thing. This kid's gone right. on a shopping spree. He's got
1: new mansions
0: everywhere. Like you're going to go into his house. There's going to be like solid gold, you know, toilet fixtures, like the whole thing. It's just going to be like, oh crap. Right. Okay. I gotcha. That's how I interpret it. Right. You know, Good. and Walter's kind of taking it more literally or more actually Just like, well, just calm down. Right. A vet only cost. Thirty or forty thousand dollars is that accurate for nineteen ninety one? Well, I don't know that. I did look up because I was curious. Today, um, a two thousand fifteen Corvette, the starting MSRP is fifty four grand. So that's your 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 basic Corvette today is fifty four. That seems about right, then, doesn't it? Not too bad. I mean, to go to forty, yeah. And this was twenty. Twenty three years ago? Yeah. So yeah, he's in the right ballpark, I would say. So they pull up though and they're having
1: this, oh fuck, man, he already spent all the money. And then they stop the car and they're looking over at the Corvette park there, the shiny new Corvette. It's got the new, like it's got the um the the paper in the window. Yeah, the paper in the window. And Donnie To look at that, actually leans forward into the front seat, like between (laughs) them to look out. That's like, that's something a child does. I remember doing that. I've done that 200 times, probably, like leaned up into the front area.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I can't hear what's going on. You know, back before seatbelts, I guess. You'd lean up in there because you didn't want to miss anything. And he's
0: doing that. But he's a grown ass man. What's he doing? Well, yeah, and is it because I mean? So he's in the back seat. There's a garbage, a garbage bag full of something next to him. What's in that garbage bag, Brad? Yeah, what is that? Is it Marty's
1: costume? Did the dude say, "Yeah, I'll take your costume home" because Marty's out at some crazy ass insane after party for the performance with the other jackasses? It's like, okay, after the show, we're all going out. We're gonna hit the um,
0: coffee shop a couple blocks down. We're going to get some crepes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other things that happened before or after this, if there's any. But I can't think of what that could be connected to.
1: They just came from the performance.
0: They just wanted an excuse for Donnie to be in the middle. But he's not in the middle. He's
1: over there. He's He's behind Walter.
0: Well, he puts his head... Uh, At least for a reason for him to put his head out in between them. Maybe. I don't know. I'll put it this way. I'm grasping here. I'm grasping. We go
1: from the dude slamming into the dumpster and finding the homework. Right? No garbage bag back there. To Marty's performance. To this shot. Now, as Shane O so diligently informed us their temporal sensibilities are a bit slippery. Not that that matters. It's just it doesn't, you know, just because one scene follows into the next doesn't mean they happened concurrent or chronologically. Well, not chronologically. One didn't immediately follow the next.
0: It could be a day
1: in between. It could be two
0: days in between. You don't know. I mean, probably not. In this case, they talked about going there, but... I don't know what...
1: Maybe this is like vagrants clothing and shit that was left behind. That's what I was
0: wondering. Was it like cleaning up after the car? Because it smelled so bad? Did it have something to do with the... Um, yeah, I don't know. He ran into a dumpster. Did he, did he steal a trash bag from it? Maybe there was some good shit in there? Like some canned hams? Hard to know. Well, did something happen? Is there some deleted scene... That explains this. We'll never know. Maybe perhaps. it's more of Walter's laundry.
1: He likes to bring his laundry along on these trips. They're going to hit up the laundromat on the way True. there. It's, it's not the whites. I think that's too much for the whites, but it's the darks maybe.
0: Well, there's the shot of them doing the in and out burgers, right? Yeah. And Donnie again to make the shot work. Donnie's in the middle,
1: right? He's leaning for. He doesn't want to miss anything. He's up there, which granted
0: doesn't necessarily explain why he's in the middle. I suppose it doesn't because he could still just be behind Walter. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know why it's there or what it could possibly be, but it's something. See, we can start all kinds of conspiracy theories though. Because
1: honestly, if that was. I'm looking at this three shot. Now we're getting ahead of ourselves, but Donnie's in the middle. They got their in and out burger. He's actually closer to the garbage bag than the other side of the car. Why would he be so close to this awful like vagrants, detritus or dumpster thing or Walter's laundry? It's just to make the shot work. So it's meaningless when trying to figure out the, the um, meaning of the bag. The bag is confounding. The bag and the stranger.
0: Yeah, well, the bag is something I never even noticed till doing this episode, so. Me too. Never saw it before. Just a giant bag. Donnie gets out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then Walter says, stay in the car, Donnie. Wait in the car, Donnie. Wait in the car, Donnie. And
1: Walter, very, like, he's very, like, braggadocio. Is that how you say that word? Yeah. But, uh, about closing his door, you know? He's very mm-hmm. theatrical about it. Swinging his arm up and then, boom! And, cl- and Donnie kind of mimics his movement. Yeah. Boom! Wait in the car, Donnie. <laughs> it's just, aww. You're like, ah. Poor Donnie. Aww. He was going to tag along and continue this. Aww. He's even mimicking him. Speaking of, like, two shots and... Centering the shot, reverse shot, when they go to the door. So knock, 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 which is a very hollow knock and a very hollow door open. That's an audio note. It sounds like it's in this cavernous, almost like a warehouse or something. Caw, caw, caw. It's very echoey. And the door opens, very echoey, very hollow sounding. But then door opens and we see... Walter and the dude, right? And they're kind of, kind of pretty much on the thirds, I would say, adhering to the rule of thirds. And then when you cut to Pilar, who for some godforsaken reason lets these men into the home, <laughs> which I assume she had some sort of conversation on the telephone with Walter, and she just lets them in here. But anyway, you cut to her. And she is right in the middle. She's framed dead center. Yep. You cut to them. And they're not quite on the thirds. But the outside of their heads are probably on the thirds. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then she, there's an empty space between Walter and the dude's heads. And her face fills that empty space when we cut to her. Boop. So it makes you do less work. Somehow... Shitting all over the rules like this. Because again, if I was going to frame this up, I'd probably put Pilar on the right third because she's, you know, she's right. looking screen right to screen left. They're looking screen left to screen right. Barely. It's kind of straight well, on, but a little bit. I would have put her on you the put right. Them?
0: Well, exactly. I don't know. Because I think I, that's what makes the difference because I think you need the shots. To be, as you alternate between them, you need them Balanced. to be different and contrast each other. So having Walter and the dude on the right and left and then having her in the center kind of filling in the negative space is kind of like, you know, it's the reverse. You know what I would have done? And so you go back and forth between that. I would have swapped Walter and the dude. I would have had Walter
1: screen left and Pilar screen right. Because Walter and Pilar are talking. The dude's just reacting. But Mm -hmm. they did the opposite of that. (laughs) And I just can't, for the life of me, figure out why this works better. I wish I knew. I wish somebody would tell me. Because I would never do it that way. And I'm not saying it doesn't work. It works perfectly. But why? Why? I, I see this a lot in car scenes, too, when somebody's driving and somebody's in the passenger seat, they'll, they'll flip it from what you'd expect. So if somebody is looking mm-hmm. sc- their, their screen right and they're looking screen left, then you cut and you would expect the other person to be screen left and looking screen right, but they don't do that. They'll both be screen right. So like somebody will have the negative space the opposite on the opposite side from their... Um, direction of, of view like the way they're looking mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. I see
0: this yeah, a I lot I can visualize what you're saying
1: and I don't know when that's okay and when it's not okay and how to tell the difference and it's frustrating I just want to know why they make these choices I can't well, for the life of me figure
0: it out it would be end- well, maybe you should try to shoot some car scenes and shoot them both ways and see what happens I could do that.
1: It's not a bad idea.
0: It takes Pilar at least seven
1: seconds to, oh, once we see them enter the home, it's almost at the end of the minute, they enter the home and Walter like puts his hand out to steady the dude because, you know, holy shit, they're about to meet sort of Arthur Digby Sellers. Yeah. And they're there and they have like a whole exchange while Pilar is about two and a half feet away, <laughs> closing the door, and just doing what, who knows? So it's like anywhere from seven to twelve seconds for her to travel the two and a half feet to actually enter the room. What is she doing there in the in the uh, the narthex? We'll call it
0: narthex. Nice. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like that. That's it. I like that a lot. I don't know. it's, it's just another. That's a churchy term, narthex. It is. That's what. That's the only way I know that. Me too. Is um, yeah. It's from from church. Did what else? Would you the up? church, and there was a narthex. Yeah, or a
1: vestibule. What about vestibule? Vestibule. You don't know
0: vestibule is that, as much. I feel like that isn't exclusively a church word. The way narthex is. It is or is not. Is not like any kind of a bit. Like a city hall might have a vestibule, or or really anything. Could be. But I'll go with narthex in this case. Just I like, I like narthex. Word, narthex. I mean, I guess we don't know, like, where like, the door is. It's like a is. Doctor Who villain. Well, we don't. We don't know how far it is. That's true. Like, you might have to go. I mean, we see the window there. So this is a, you know, that's an exterior wall. But is it the front window? Is the front of the house, like, behind where the dude is? And you have to walk down some weird hallway. But still, she's, like, far behind them. Way far behind
1: them. I mean, I feel like that is the Narthex. Because here, I have this street view. I don't know if I I have driven up and down this street probably 10 times uh, via Google Maps. So obviously, this is, you know, 16 years later or 17, depending on when they filmed it. So So how did you find this? Well, I found Radford in North Hollywood. But did they
0: actually film it there?
1: Well, I'm assuming they did. And I think they did. I I found that website and the textbook that you bought and still haven't read. I'm pretty sure, fairly sure, they said it was on Radford. Because there were houses all around and, you know, Walter's out there smashing this car and cursing obscenities. And they were like, ooh, boy. (laughs) They were, Mm -hmm. they were really okay with it, but we felt like we were right on the edge of like pissing everybody off too much with that going on.
0: Right. Did, um, so did you find a house that matches this one? I couldn't, I couldn't see one, but who knows what
1: has happened to those houses in the intervening years, you know?
0: I mean, I think it would be strangely accurate. To say it's on Radford than actually film on Radford? I don't know why. Yeah. Doesn't have to match. I mean, it would
1: be almost strange if it did, I feel. Maybe. I think that they did. I'm going to consult the textbook. I'll make a note for myself. Consult the textbook. Because I think they actually did go there.
0: I mean, if you look at
1: this house, it is... Mm -hmm. It's very much in the style of the houses on Radford and that whole area. Right.
0: But but I'm having a hard time just parsing what I'm looking at because you see kind of the front picture window, but then there's some kind of weird blocky structure to the left of it, some type of stucco or something. You're talking about the
1: external shot, the exterior? Well, the door, so... All right. You're looking at the house from the exterior, the Mm -hmm. Corvette's in front, in the foreground. You can see the lamp inside and the three-bay picture window there, right? Yes. Now, the door, if you were to approach the house and walk straight towards it, you would not enter the home. You have to make a left, and that stucco creation is where the door is. You have to actually turn... You know, I mean, that's what I
0: was kind of assuming.
1: Making 90 degree because you can see the awning above where the door is, too. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. So I you know, walk that. in a little bit, a couple feet, and then turn right to enter the living room area. Not too far.
0: Yeah, and I guess, okay, and as I look at the full house there with the uh, Iron Lung guy, it does kind of match. There's the window, the middle bay doesn't have a curtain up. Yeah. Now, whether or not they shot the interior
1: at the same place.
0: Oh yeah. Again, I would doubt yeah, it. I doubt ma- that would have to match, but it does. Um, but it does actually kind of. I mean, I'm not gonna say it perfectly matches, but it may. But I mean, it, it in general matches. I was expecting it to not even match at all. Right. In general, I know it why does. I have such low. But it may
1: be a a cheap trick you know because they put the lamp right there in the foreground when they Mm -hmm. enter the home it's like yes and we saw a lamp from the outside there's a lamp there so yeah yes, that's all all your mind needs it's like oh there's the visual payoff I'm cool I can not think about that anymore
0: we'll move on and get to the story right and all this is to just say that Pilar did indeed walk about two feet in those 12 (laughs) seconds yes She's
1: farting around. Now, maybe she was looking out there at Donnie, wondering what he was doing out in the car.
0: You know, trying to latch up the door. Right. Something like that. Yeah, who knows? Hard to know. Who knows? Visual payoffs.
1: Those are important. It's uh, geography, Brad. Geography. It's very important. I used this in a movie I made, Fairy Godfather. There was a candle in a metal like floor stand candle holder. And I used that in like foreground. And then you'd see it in wide shots to visually orient the audience. It's kind of shit's important. It was like the North star of your spatial model. It is. You got to have this stuff because it's easy to just, you know, set the camera up and start shooting all over the place. But the audience can get confused pretty easily. You don't have these uh, landmarks, visual landmarks, geography. Well, hmm, what else? What else? You
0: you wrote something here in under audio. Yeah, I did. I mean, I don't know. We've moved so far past that. I <laughs> guess I'll just mention it we'll briefly. Just though. It. at the uh, so at the very beginning of this minute. We're still at the theater, and I like the way, um, and again the way. This whole movie uses the diegetic sound to enhance the actual storytelling. But again, we have uh, Walter excited that they're going to go brace the kid. You know, he makes the statement, um, you know, our fucking troubles are over. As then the 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 music, this Rimsky Korsakov music like. There's this huge crescendo. It gets loud and kind of dramatic. <laughs> to kind of punctuate the end of that scene. But then it's contrasted with the next, like then it cuts to like the dark street and the dude's car very uh you know, feebly making its way down the street. I like
1: that. So it's like this bombastic buildup and you know they're about to Really bring it home, bring everything home. They're going to, they're going to get theirs and they're going to conquer. It's their conquering now. And it rings out epically. And then the car like rolls up. So it's a crescendo followed by a feeble decrescendo. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that. It's a little foreshadowing of, yeah, you think they're going to brace. The kid should be a pushover and get their money back. But the feeble car gives it away. It's not Mm going to go down at all like they thought.
0: No. And I like like pretty much everything in this movie is done (laughs) as the car is a uh, terrific reminder of that as it gets more and more battered with each progressive scene. I would say the car and not the rug is
1: actually the thread that ties this movie together. Even though the rug tied the room together. I think the car kind oh, of yeah. ties this movie together.
0: No, I would I, I, yeah, I'd agree
1: with that. And a nice little uh, audio doohickey here. As the car pulls up, we see it front on. We see all the headlights are still functional. There's four of them. One is askance. The bumper and the hood are rubber strapped. And then we cut to the side view where they look over at the Corvette. We're looking in through the driver's side window now. And as the car sort of like shambles and sputters to a halt, the last little engine fart is like (laughs) on the left. So it's like... (laughs) The last little sputtering is over on the left because the engine is off screen to the left. So it's in both left and right channels. And then just as it... (laughs) Farts its way to a, a death. Blah, 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 blah. The last couple of little sputters are only in the left channel. It's nice. It's nice. Nice little detail. If you want to see Lindsay Lohan's breasts, we'll put a link in the show notes, maybe. So yeah, she was in Playboy. I got that
0: as a update, a Google right. alert. As we as we typically uh, yeah like to give Lindsay Lohan alerts it became a uh, tradition here right well and she's doing this um oh geez marilyn monroe yes like kind of like recreating a famous photo shoot with her right but she did the uh this is the second time i believe she did d- d- has done this because there was another playboy or marilyn monroe marilyn couple. monroe it was a different photo shoot it was one from later in Marilyn Monroe's career, I believe that she had done for some other, some other magazine. She's no Marilyn Monroe, so, Brad. Well, if she keeps recreating her photo shoots enough, you know, we we make our own reality, right? Forty years from now, it Lindsay won't Lindsay's very aware of that. Mm-hmm. She's 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 uh intelligent and cunning in that way. I respect that.
1: I'll, I'll give it to you.
0: What would be cunning
1: is if anybody, sweet Jesus, anybody gave us a review on iTunes. Just one more. This will be in double digits. We have nine reviews on there. Every time I see one go up, I take a week off of work and just uh,
0: wallow in my own crapulence. We could just get two reviews up there. You could take two weeks off work. I know. Come on for Adam. Think about the possibilities here. It's fucking sweet. Think of all the Lebowski-related research you could do in that time. Hell yes! It would be like a never-ending spiral. You wouldn't have to go to work anymore because the time you could put into this podcast would then garner us more reviews, which would then allow you to take more time off work. It's a reality that we can create. We create our own
1: realities, Brad. We do. Wow. I wasn't going to do this. I was cooking dinner. It's like, you know, 20 minutes out from go time. And I was just, I can't do it. But I know what you mean. But I didn't want to let you down. I saw the two question marks in your text and I was like, I can't let him down. I got to do it.
0: Well, I think we ultimately made the right choice. I mean, definitely it takes some, uh, a little bit of effort, right, to overcome the friction, to, cut, to get down here in my uh, little recording booth. I Put on my uh, creativity clothes and, and, and start this. I
1: have to take off all my creativity clothes and snake my way through the masses and tangles of wires.
0: You have to kind of be slippery to make your way through them.
1: That's the, the only yourself way. up. It's the only way. Yeah, so... Coconut I've oil actually, is best.
0: Um, you have to heat it up, though. It's ungodly hot in here right now. <laughs> so oh. I have actually taken off my shirt. Oh, Jesus. way through the episode. Because <laughs> I can't go over to the thermostat to change it. Because this, this little recording booth has its own heat source and own thermostat. And I, it's just too, too much. Kind well, of
1: unbearable. we should come up with a little, um, like, secret noise like password noise like toot toot or something which will let either one of us know all right i'm gonna go you know off off mic for a second i gotta take care of something toot toot and then you go take care of what you gotta take care of then you come back and toot toot maybe a single toot indicates you're back toot not a bad idea so we could institute the toot policy maybe i mean it doesn't have to be it could be anything you get the point
0: Or, you know, if I could get a, uh... You know, I just need some, like, wireless headphones or something. Just start roaming around.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I was doing that for a while, actually, when I was using a wireless lav. Yeah, I remember that. It was kind of nice, but then you never know if there's a little interference, and... You know, if the receiver... You have to change batteries every time to be fully certain that you're good. And then you go through a lot of batteries... It is very convenient. I like it. Because I could go any... I was... I'd be like... I think I went outside once or twice. I was like two rooms over. I'd be in the kitchen. I'd grab a beer. Sometimes I'd be up on the
0: poop deck. That was artful, Adam. Next time on... (laughs) Gutter And a good day to you, sir!